0: Good morning and welcome to this recorded service for Sunday the 11th of October 2020. My name is Peter Walker and the readings in this morning's service are contributed by Amy James. The prayers are by Anne Gibbs and the songs are by the St Martin Singers. Much of today's service focuses on the epistle set for this Sunday from chapter 4 of Paul's letter to the Philippians. If you are not following the text available on the website, you may like to find a Bible in order to follow that particular passage. Let us keep quiet together as we come to worship. Our first hymn is Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. St. Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. Let us confess our sins to God, who forgives us in Christ. We say together, Father eternal, giver of light and grace, We have sinned against you and against our neighbour in what we have thought, in what we have said and done through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. We are sorry and ashamed and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past and lead us out from darkness to walk as children of light. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for this Sunday. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us your gift of faith, that forsaking what lies behind and reaching out to that which is before, we may run the way of your commandments and win the crown of everlasting joy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen.
1: Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with you, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. and the God of peace will be with you.
0: The anthem sung by the St. Martin's Voices is Oh, For a Closer Walk With God, based on that well-known hymn by William Cowper.
1: Matthew chapter 22 verses 1 to 14, the parable of the wedding banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants and ill-treated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen.
0: Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us and fill us afresh with joy as we encounter your word now. In Jesus' name, Amen. The peace. Of God. We long for peace. I know we pray for peace in Syria and Yemen and perhaps in Nagorno Karabakh. Right Move says that lots of people want to move to quiet country villages to escape city life. Another sort of peace. Monty Don says we should all be turning off our phones and connecting with nature. A different sort of peace, again. All of these are genuine peace, but the peace of God is more than this. Paul describes it in these terms. He says, I have learnt to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. But I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's actually a piece just a few verses after our New Testament reading from Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 11. This is... The peace of God. Paul wrote to the Philippian church to tell them, amongst other things, how they could share in this peace. As we will see in a moment, he has some straightforward advice. But I do want to note in passing that many of us have been Christians far longer Than those early believers in Philippi. Paul visited Philippi and we know he founded the church probably no more than 10 years before he wrote his letter. They were far from perfect too but Paul believed that they, young in the faith as they were, could know this peace and I have to say that I believe that we too can know more of God's peace. What is the secret? In verse 7, Paul said, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But he gives five specific commands in this passage. Verse 4. Rejoice always. Verse 5. Be gentle to all. Verses 6 and 7, do not be anxious. Verse 8, take control of your mind and fill it with what we might call the good stuff. And verse 9, copy the example of St Paul in your own life. If we do these things, then Paul... Promises in verse 7 that the peace of God will be with us, and in verse 9 that the God of peace will be with us. Slightly different, maybe even better. Another brief aside at this point. Paul is writing to Christians, to those he calls elsewhere the citizens of heaven. Paul and other preachers too have already told them about Jesus about forgiveness by his death on the cross, about the the need to put their trust in Jesus. We know, therefore, that they already had peace with God. Let me just ask you, do you know peace with God? Is God your friend? Until you become a Christian and have peace with God, you can never go on and find more of the peace of God in your life. Anyway, five commands. The most straightforward, perhaps, is the last, verse 9. What you have learnt, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice. It may be straightforward, but we often fall down at this point. Our Christian lives, this is a generalisation, don't tend to get in a mess because of our honest mistakes. God has a wonderful way of proving greater than honest mistakes. Rather, we fall down or or just get plain stuck because we haven't done or don't do the things that the Apostle and other Bible writers tell us in plain English. The Bible tells us, for instance, that if we have anything against anyone to forgive them, do we? The Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should not defile them either by overindulging our appetites for food and drink or by being part of sexual relationships outside marriage. Do we? The Bible tells us that all we have is a gift from God and therefore all should be at His disposal. How many of us offer even 10% that the Old Testament tithe required, let alone everything we have to God? Such steps to true peace are not hard to understand, but they challenge our self-indulgence. Working backwards then, the second command in verse 8 is fill your mind with good things. I don't know what you daydream about, but maybe you would be embarrassed if we all knew about some of your thoughts. I might be embarrassed if you knew some of mine. I'm not saying it's wrong to be tempted or that we can ever escape from temptation, but Paul does say that when tempting thoughts come or when depressing thoughts come, we can fight against them by consciously deciding to think of good things instead. Verse 5 is another simple direct command. Let everyone know your forbearance, or another word would be your gentleness, or or even your your sweet reasonableness. This characteristic is just the opposite of that unyielding legalism. Rather, it is the character of Jesus who tempers justice with mercy. And maybe this is a word to the gentleman amongst us however unfashionable gentleness may be amongst your colleagues, however much it doesn't suit your image at home, we are all, men and women alike, called to be gentle. Remember, says Paul, the Lord who is close at hand. And so we're faced with perhaps the two most challenging commands, rejoice on all occasions and do not be anxious About anything. Our familiar Bibles say, rejoice in the Lord always. It's probably a better translation to say, rejoice in the Lord on all occasions. But is that really possible? There is so much evil and suffering. The Bible says it is. You see, joy is not the same thing as happiness. Joy is an inalienable, undeniable, fundamental quality of heaven. The writer Julian of Norwich said that all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. In heaven, not only is life eternal, but life is so good that it's actually worth going on forever. Jesus promises that in the new creation when there is no longer any distinction between heaven and earth, he's going to wipe away every tear. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. God will be all and in all. We celebrated harvest last week, but heaven is full of the joy of the final harvest, when all is safely gathered in. One day, you and I as Christians are going to sit down and share in the wedding banquet of the Lamb of God. You and I are members of the bride of Christ. This will be the new Jerusalem where flows the river of life, where there grows trees whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. In God's kingdom, 10,000 times 10,000 angels and the multitude of the redeemed that no one can number, praise God forever. Hallelujah. Joy is fundamentally part of heaven. And what Paul wants us to understand is that, though we don't live there yet, even now we are citizens of that other country. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, he said, Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we may have sorrow, anguish, pain, despair now. But at the same time, we experience a tiny, real bit of the joy of heaven. Even in the worst times, it's still there as a reality. I don't want for one moment to advocate that we become one of those dreadful parodies of Christian joy that says to someone who's been bereaved or suffered some terrible tragedy, keep on smiling, praise the Lord. We're commanded to weep with those who weep and to give our lives in humble service, to alleviate pain and suffering. Rather, at the same time as our tears, we know the reality of the Lord, in whom we are citizens now, though in exile, of heaven, where joy is an undeniable truth. This, I believe, is what Paul means by rejoicing in the Lord, always. And with this, he says, don't be anxious about anything. It sounds, on the face of it, almost as unreasonable as being joyful on all occasions. But as we've already seen, things are transformed when we are part of the kingdom of heaven. For God rules he has demonstrated that by raising Jesus from the dead. And Paul himself provides the explanation for this extraordinary command do not be anxious. He says, pray about it. And if we pray, then the infinite power and wisdom of God is available. The infinite power that formed. A hundred thousand million stars in each of a hundred thousand million galaxies out of nothing, but is also able to fashion the tiny details of a child's hand in its mother's womb, and to do all this with such wisdom and understanding that the, the symmetry of his working appears to us as laws of nature. Yet God is neither subject to those laws but freely chooses them. This power and wisdom God will bring to bear in love on whatever will trouble us if we will only take it to the Lord in prayer. Time does not permit me to spend longer now talking about prayer, but if we will pray, if we will rejoice in the Lord always, if we will be gentle to all, if we will fill our minds with what is good, and if we put into practice what Paul and others plainly teach, then God, in his graciousness, will keep our hearts and minds. Literally, the Greek means God will set a guard around our hearts and minds with his peace. So I pray. May God set a guard around your heart, around your mind, this day, this week, and always. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine... He did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice Proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Our next piece is a Teze worship chant, In the Lord I'll Be Ever Thankful. It's a simple chant and you may like to join in with this as they sing along. In the Lord I'll Be Ever Thankful.
2: us pray. One of today's readings, Philippians 4, verses 1 to 9, contain the verses, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so that is what we are doing today. We come to you in thanksgiving, Father, for all that you have done for us in the past, the way you have cared for us, answered past prayers and provided for all we needed, for our homes, friends and families. These are difficult times for everyone and even ordinary everyday life is more complicated. Please guide world leaders who have to make life-changing decisions regarding managing this pandemic. We pray also for the local authorities and councils in the UK as they decide what restrictions to put in place to protect lives and to save the economy at the same time. We pray for those we know who may be affected at this time financially or have lost their jobs. Thank you for all the generous gifts this harvest time and the food bank, which will make such a difference. We think of our schools in our parishes, for teachers who face so many challenges to manage education at the same time as the health of teachers and children. We pray that routines will be established again and children will feel safe and can continue their education. Please give teachers the strength and energy they need. We pray too for students recently starting university but now isolating with other students they may just have met and perhaps missing home. It's particularly particularly difficult if you are ill at this time and so we pray for those on our church prayer list and anyone we know who's sick physically or mentally at this time. Please bring your healing touch, Father, and strength for them to face each day. We pray especially for those people living on their own or have just lost a loved one. We ask the Holy Spirit to bring them comfort and encouragement. We ask for that peace which only God can bring. Thank you that we are able to continue now with our services inside church as the weather turns cooler. We pray that people will feel safe and happy to meet and have contact again, which is so important in our relationships. Help us to care for our communities young families the elderly and lonely and overcome the barriers we may come up against in all that we do help us to be sensitive to others wishes and needs whilst respecting their views father we offer you all these prayers and trust them in your loving hands amen
0: For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn is Rejoice, the Lord is King. Now may the love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.